I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught. Find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle. And then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets podcast. My name is Todd. I'm here with my friends Rivka and Burke, and this is a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. How are you today, Rivka? I'm doing really well. Thanks. Good. Excited to be here. Good. Anything exciting going on in your life right now? Um, When we're done recording this afternoon, I'm going to go see Bram Stoker's Dracula performed by the Oregon Ballet Theater. I'm, I'm really excited about that. I don't know quite what to expect, but because um, it doesn't seem like an obvious ballet sort of story. No, but no, when, it does not. <laughs> when I was, um, <laughs> I went and saw the Nutcracker before Christmas, and they had a trailer because you know they're using screens and stuff in stage productions now, and they showed a trailer of the of the Dracul ballet, and I was like, well, now I have to go see it because it looked pretty cool. So. <laughs> Awesome. Well, yeah. I look forward to hearing how it was. I, this is not something I would sign up for independently on my own. Uh, so yeah. glad to hear reviews from other people. Sure. I'll, yeah, I'll let you know. That was so political. I love it. I know. I'm fine. I'm fine being the weirdo about this. It's okay. <laughs> well, Burke, are you going with? Absolutely not. No. (laughs) (laughs) I am so glad that Rivka dreams up and fulfills her own field trips on occasion. Yes, that's fantastic. Do you have anything else fun going on today, Burke? Uh, I have no plans for the rest of the day, so I'm going to get as much nothing done as I possibly can in that amount of time. I love it. That is such a great Saturday. (laughs) Well, I was, um, do you, have you guys ever used the app Come Follow Me? Mm-mm. Not the Gospel Library app. I have not. Um, so it's pretty good. You can you can read the scriptures in there. It's got all sorts of links to other resources. But one of their main things is like a daily scripture study. Uh, what do you call it? I don't even know. Story? It's sort of like an Instagram story. Mm. So it'll have a slide that says like, okay, this is what we're talking about today. You know, let's prepare ourselves spiritually. And then it has a scripture. And then there's a video, usually like two to three minutes long, of somebody sort of expounding on that scripture. And uh, I was watching one the other day. It was a couple. And I thought, Rifka and Burke should do this. Like, I I don't know if it's an audition process or you send in a demo or what it is, but y'all should jump on there, record a video and send it to them. And uh, That is not going to happen. I was like, that sounds right up Burke's alley. Right up his alley. Just the sort of thing he loves. Uh, well, the couple was really good and they, they sort of told the story about somebody's grandpa and all of this. But yeah, check out the app. It's pretty cool. And okay. I'm, not, I'm not affiliated with it or whatever. I was just, I sort of use it as a brief sort of spiritual moment in the mornings. And uh, I thought of you two the other day. Yeah. Well, thank you for thank thinking you. of us. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Rivka, you should record one then if Burke won't, <laughs> won't do it with you. I can do both voices. Uh, I would do, voice. it. I would do it with her if she really wanted to do it, but I, I don't seek that kind of notoriety. So. Yeah, yeah. 
And we all have different interests, right? Yeah. Well, today we, ha- uh, well, so I'll tell you what I'm doing today. We are doing a Ward Variety show mm-hmm. and it is at 7 p.m. We used to do them in the old days. It was a talent show in our gym and COVID, you know, when we weren't attending in-person meetings, we did a variety show virtually on Zoom and it was so um, well-received that we decided to do all our variety shows or talent shows on Zoom. So we have one of those today. I'm in um, three videos, so I probably participated in too many, but I have one where the older youth are doing synchronized swimming in the gym. So it's like fake water and they're all wearing, you know, uh, goggles and stuff to pretend that they're in the water. That's pretty oh, fun. Wow. Okay. Um, I am in one where the Bishopric did minute to win it, you know, uh, oh, yeah. um, competitions. And then the last one, which is at this moment a secret, but this podcast will not come out until after the variety show. I I reenacted the scene from Fresh Prince where Carlton first did the Carlton oh, dance. Nice. <laughs> so <laughs> I pretended I was coming home from like a Sunday afternoon at church and and my family was gone. And I was like, well, if nobody's home, I'm yeah, going to do the Carlton. Yeah. <laughs> Um, to Tom Jones, so we'll of course. St- yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. I mean, what yeah. else? You can't, yeah. <laughs> cannot have Tom Jones. Oh, and, everyone uh, in your ward is going to be so lucky to have that picture of their bishop in their head. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm questioning my life choices right now, and it's not too late to <laughs> withdraw it. But uh, is there going to be a recording of it? Fun. That's a video. There is. Recording. It's already on YouTube. Oh, that's good because I've watched some of your other uh, YouTube stuff that you've done as a bishop and uh, entertaining. Well, so it's fun. We like to have fun, and you know, <laughs> sometimes there's there's a time and season for everything, right? And sure. sometimes it's good to be silly. So we'll let you know how that goes. Good. Um, I'm guessing. It will be more fun than Bram Stoker's Dracula Ballet, but, you know, maybe I'm, not. I'm anticipating being equally entertained by both viewings. <laughs> good. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> uh, well, let's move on to our talk today. It is called Personal Peace in Challenging Times by Elder Quentin L. Cook of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. And um, this is a, a great talk, and so many of the talks have been sort of timely and fit in with all the world events going on, and this is no exception. So, Rivka, what did you think was the fundamental doctrine when you read through this? In it, he says, Peace in the world is not promised or assured until the second coming of Jesus Christ. However, personal peace can be achieved despite the anger, contention, and division that blight and corrupt our world today. So I felt like that was sort of the underlying message of this. And he goes into depth in a few different ways that we can, that will help us to deal with the, the disputations and the upset and to find peace. And I loved this talk. So that's what awesome. I feel. Yeah. And I know you love words. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the words blight and corrupt. Those were sort of striking. Oh, they are, right? A blight. Blight, like when I think of that, it is like maybe it's the <laughs> growing up in a in an agricultural area, blight is something that can affect crops and it just devastates anything that is that you're trying to grow or produce. 
Um, so that's that's where my mind goes with that. This this blight, anything that that covers with the intent, or, or the effect, maybe not the intent, but with the effect of destroying what's trying to be grown, um, and then corrupt. I don't know. I feel like that's a word we hear a lot. And that's one that yeah. I think it's um, tossed around as accusations toward people quite frequently, but corruption just, you know, it means that there's, there's something off about what it should be, you know, like a corrupted data file or a corrupted source of water where there's something there that shouldn't be there. That's, that makes it, um, toxic or dangerous or unusable. Yeah. He had some very strong language in this and, um, mm-hmm. at other places he talked about destroying peace and devastating actions and some, you know, blight and corrupt. So some sort of vivid, vivid negative, um, uh, language towards the world and the way it, um, ruins our, our peace. So, mm-hmm. Well, Burke, what was your uh, fundamental doctrine that you pulled out of here? All right. So I did mark the one that Rivka just read, um, which is the optimistic way to look at this talk. But that wasn't the first one I marked. Um, (laughs) I also marked earlier on when he's talking about uh, persecution of the saints and particularly Joseph Smith and Liberty Jail. And he says, Mm. this intense persecution of Joseph Smith and his followers constitutes an extreme example of the unrighteous exercise of agency that can impact righteous people which I think is an important thing to remember. And while probably not the central doctrine, I think it's, I think it's in here kind of throughout this. Um, That's just this reminder that doing the right thing doesn't save you from hard stuff, even though it feels like it should. Um, And, and then further in the next line, he says, uh, Joseph Smith's time in Liberty or Joseph's time in Liberty jail demonstrates that adversity is not evidence of the Lord's disfavor, nor a withdrawal of his blessings. Yeah. Which is hard because it feels like it is. (laughs) (laughs) Right. When you're living it. Yeah. Or even when you're watching someone else live it. Sure. Yeah. But we can take comfort from that, knowing that bad things don't, you're not a bad person because something bad is happening to you. So... Okay. And I think the difficulty there is using bad for both of those things, right? Like you're not right. a bad person when something difficult is happening to you, but because we use bad for both things, we feel like they should go together. Indeed. So. Refinement of language would help us understand that. So <laughs> I think there's a risk too of going the other way of, um, of what's, how do I say this? Of saying that nothing that's going poorly in my life is my fault. Um, so there's sort of a middle ground, yeah, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Well, this is happening all because I'm terrible or this is all happening to me and none of it has anything to do with me. Yeah. Um, and, and of course there are times when that's true. Some things happen to us and it has nothing to do with us, but man, I've found it very freeing in my life whenever something's going on that I don't like to go. All right. Well, how am I contributing to this? What is my pattern of behavior that is, you know, making me complicit in this situation? Yeah. And uh, and usually there's something that I can change as well. So it's sort of a, a middle ground there. And I think regardless but, of um, whether the adversity you're f- facing is 
because of an action of yours or because of an action of someone else's, um, what he says a couple paragraphs later applies either way. He says, it is clear that opposition can refine us for an eternal celestial destiny. Mm. And because the Savior's atoning sacrifice covers both um, the sins and mistakes that we make and can give us enabling power to overcome opposition. I think that applies regardless of whether the situation or the struggle you're having is self-inflicted or no. Yeah. Yep. That's a great point. doesn't matter where the opposition's coming from. Answers the same both ways. Right. Right. And it's, and it's the atonement and uh, continuing to, to put forth that effort that the Lord loves. Well, um, Rivka, what, what else really stood out to you in this talk? So he does break things up and, and numbers them. And um, it was a bit longer than usual. So I don't know if we need to go through them one by one. So you can just pick any, any random thing that really stood out to you that expanded on that central doctrine. Well, yeah, he gives five different um, works of righteousness. And it's funny because I read the first one. This is the one I'm going to share, but I read it and it says, first, love God, live his commandments and forgive everyone. And I was like, <laughs> that's the first of five. When you finish that, you can move on to number two. I know. I was like, that got really strong, really fast. Oh my gosh. So, but, uh, and I don't know, we could talk about that one too, but the one, the one of the five that has had me pondering and it's actually going to be like the next discipleship thing that I'm going to focus on and study comes from number four, which is to build, build Zion in our hearts and homes. And he says this, we are children of God and part of his family. We are also part of the family into which we are born. The institution of the family is the foundation for both happiness and peace. President Russell M. Nelson has taught us, and during this pandemic, we have learned that the home-centered, church-supported religious observance can, quote, unleash the power of families to transform our homes into a sanctuary of faith. If we have this religious observance in our homes, we will also have the Savior's peace. And I got thinking about that um, phrase, unleash the power of families. Which is not, mm. I mean, I, I didn't think about it when President Nelson said it like in 2018 quite that way, but it struck me as I was studying this talk and I started asking myself, what, what, what is the power of families that is, you know, can be unleashed? And so that's, that's something that I am planning on studying to try to understand better what President Nelson meant when he referred to the power of families. Um, because that's just fascinating to me. Yeah. And it's certainly like, I can understand it a little bit because we've been doing this in our home. We've, we have been participating in the come follow me program and are, you know, we're making it or trying to make it a part of our daily lives. We don't always get it, but most days of the week we do. And, and so one of the first things that I started doing this week was thinking through some of the ways um, or things that have happened, blessings that have come, experiences we've had, and what the, you know, what that means for this power that's being unleashed in families if we follow it. 
Fantastic. I love it. That is a very striking phrase, unleash the power of families. Burke, any thoughts on that? What does that mean to you? Uh, well, I, not specifically unleash the power of families. I mean, I like the way he said that, and I like the the entire kind of thought here in this paragraph. I actually marked the, the second paragraph in this section. It says, I assure you that the joy, love, and fulfillment experienced in loving righteous families produce both peace and happiness. Love and kindness are at the center of having Zion in our hearts and homes. And for me, because I'm kind of naturally a homebody anyway, and I travel a lot for work, that this is my favorite place in the world to be is here in my home. Um, yeah. you know, I love being at church and I love being at the temple. I love both those places, but if I have to pick one place that is the place where I feel the most peace, the most happiness, where I feel that I'm valued the most and that the things I do make the most difference, it's here in my home. So I agree wholeheartedly with that paragraph. Yeah. I love it. <clears throat> I, I would say my favorite place is Chick-fil-A, but home is close. It's almost up there. Well, you Chick-fil-A, can bring Chick-fil-A so. home. So, oh, this is that's a game changer. Yeah, that is a game changer. <laughs> uh, well, I I think hopefully we can build our homes so that we, um, you know that that our home is our favorite place to be. I know that that is definitely not true for everybody, mm-hmm. and for some people, it's um you know, there's even the darker side of, of, um, terrible things being inflicted upon them at home. And, and that's a deeply unfortunate and, um, something that, uh, hopefully, you know, if we are aware of any of that going on, we can uh, be part of the solution and helping, you know, um, make, uh, changes for people. I think, um, I love here that he t- this this talk was so focused on the home and the family in the talk just two talks ago, which was also about peace in Christ. Mm-hmm. So another yet another session where sort of the same themes kept coming up. Um, you know, he told that very striking story of of the Finns and the Russians. So it was yeah. nationalistic, and now we have sort of the a much more personal. Um, approach. Although his the end of that story was ultimately about one person's personal peace, but um, you know a more personal approach where we can build peace in our lives and in our families and have that. No matter what's going on, if our country is at war with another country or whatever, you know we can still have peace in our home and in our life despite the strife around us. So, yeah, I appreciated that, um, Rivka. So, anything else stand out to you here? Any other? quotes oh i have so much <laughs> it was, it was a very dense talk. talk yeah it's yeah, it was really dense, dense talk. and long yeah 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 um in the third of the five things he says he talks about agency and agency to choose righteousness um agency is the ability and privilege god gives us to choose and to act for ourselves thus agency is at the heart of the personal growth and experiences that bless us as we follow the Savior. And it's it's kind of right in the middle of this number, like five point list. Three is right in the middle. And that makes me think of like that chiasmic um, Hebrew style of literature, because I feel like agency is the pivotal thing for all of this. 
as we seek the fruits of the spirit mm. and as we love God and live his commandments and forgive everyone that's going one direction on our five point list and then building Zion in our hearts and homes and following the current admonitions of our prophet agency is central it's it's central to God's plan and it's central to um, the peace that we can feel we have to use our agency um in a way that will allow any of this to happen. It's not just stuff that floats down on us by accident. Um, you know, there's there's our personal effort, as President Nelson likes to say, that's required for for this piece to come. Hmm. So how, Rivka, in your life, has agency been central to your own personal piece? Well, you know, <laughs> like what you were talking about earlier, sometimes we're dealing with struggles and, and your choice to say, is there something in here that maybe my actions or my thoughts are affecting, even if, even if it's something that's happening to, feels like it's something that's happening to me rather than something I'm doing. Always we have this choice. I'm reminded of Elder Uchtdorf's talk. Um, about gratitude in, you know, instead of gratitude for or gratitude in our circumstances, that there is always something we can be doing. Um, and always, whether it's a way of looking at something or whether it's praying for a change in heart or for understanding or just for strength to en- endure um, a difficult circumstance, we we have a choice to do something and we're going to do something either we're going to do something that's that moves us closer to the savior or something that moves us further away and sometimes that thing that moves us further away just feels like stagnation like i'm not going to do anything it's somebody else's to deal with it's somebody else's to take care of it's someone else's fault um and so and i've i've been I've chosen both of those ways in the past. I've chosen to be, you know, actively seeking out um, the help of the Savior in difficulties. And I've been the person who's, you know, having a pity party. I've done both of those things. And so from my experience, the use of our agency in which way we lean makes all the difference. Hmm. I love that. Um, so using that agency helps you, um, what's the right way to phrase that helps you sort of, um, find the path out of, of the difficulty. Um, you know, of course we need the Lord's help in that, but, um, instead of sitting and wallowing in the pit of self-despair or what did you call it? Self-pity. So many, (laughs) so many podcasts ago. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That, that pool of, I don't know. Anyway. Well, yes, because the Savior, it is the Savior who, who, whose atonement heals and strengthens and who gets us out of those holes, but he only does it when we ask. He will not overstep our agency. Hmm. So it's up to us to, to turn to him. Right. Okay. Fantastic. I've never really connected agency and peace before, to be honest, and I think that's a really great insight by Elder Cook, and and thanks for expounding on that, Rivka. I think it's really important um, here, clearly, now that I've you know been introduced to that idea that, yeah, you really do need some degree of ability to choose 
to uh, to have peace. So, um, Burke, um, what other parts of this stood out to you? Well, it's interestingly, it's interesting that you just said we need to have the ability to choose in order to have peace, because earlier on up here, um, he quotes, um, well, it's Joseph Smith um, receiving counsel when he was in Liberty Jail, and it says, my son, peace be unto thy soul, thine adversity and thine affliction shall be but a small moment, and then if thou endure it well. And so he's talking about there, like, his choice, you know, to deal with that affliction and, you know, enduring it well, like you have a choice on how you endure this. And then a little while below that, he quotes, obviously the savior, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so many times when I've read that scripture, I've thought that he's saying, saying it like a blessing, like your heart will not be troubled and it won't be afraid. But for me personally, I don't feel like I experience that very often. And I wonder whether or not that is a command, you know, let not your heart be troubled, you know, don't, don't wallow, make a choice. And, and that's for me, at least, this is very difficult. Like, don't let, don't let, how do I turn off fear? How do I not let myself be afraid? Um, but I think the answer to that, because this is all up kind of in the, in the preface for the step is then to embrace the steps that, um, elder cook gives here. And so I, I agree with Rivka and her and talking about agency. And I just I like how that goes together with choosing not to be afraid and, and choosing to endure well. So yeah, there, there's that is a, quote, a fantastic insight. Oh, sorry. There's a quote. Um, he quotes president Joseph F. Smith who said there can never come to the world. And so I would also say we could put our hearts in this because it's the same pattern. There can never come to the world, that spirit of peace and love until Mankind will receive God's truth and God's message and acknowledge his power and authority, which is divine. And, you know, this is just, that's, that's another prophet talking about this same pattern, that there is that initial aspect of agency in letting or allowing, um, acknowledging and accepting the Lord and his help. So for a peace to come. You know, later Elder Cook says, all that is unfair about life can be made right through the atonement of Jesus Christ. And of course, we we choose to let that in our lives. Yeah, I think um, just to continue with this point or maybe synthesize some of those things, you know, that quote from Doctrine and Covenants, first, it really is a blessing. He says, please, I, I leave with you my peace I give unto you. But then the second half of it, the way he phrased it, Burke, as you pointed out, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid, is almost inviting you to receive the blessing he just gave you. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, you know, we were talking about how do we um, choose not to be afraid or things like that. It reminds me of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, um, verse 14. And uh, I would love to tell you that I just happen to have this memorized, but I don't. I just happened to read it this morning with somebody else, and uh, I think it applies. It says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So really, you know, why would Joseph Smith feel peace when he's in Liberty Jail? He wouldn't. It's a terrible, terrible place. And no natural man logical reasoning or whatever, you know, um, whatever other methods you want to use 
could tell you that you shouldn't be afraid by being in, in Liberty Jail. But if you receive that blessing by the Spirit through spiritual means, then you can choose peace by focusing on on faith and, as Rivka said, on the atonement and really making a choice to focus on the spiritual side instead of the natural man and and find peace through that, through those means, even if it doesn't make sense in the situation. Um, so, very interesting. And that, so, that's the crux of that agency to me is really mm-hmm. choosing spiritual things and, and trusting, choosing to trust the Lord. So, well, fantastic. Um, very interesting discussion and uh, things that I didn't necessarily think about when I read through it the first time. So, thanks for bringing those um, forward. Let's talk about invitations and promises. Um, what invitations did we find here? And I forget who we're on, but maybe Rivka, what uh, what invitation did you see in this talk? Well, I feel I feel like there were five big ones, which are yeah. the works of righteousness. <laughs> I agree. I did not mark anything else. <laughs> um, but maybe what I will share is his his fifth one, and um, I think this is an important invitation, and that is. Um, to follow the current admonitions of our prophet. It is amazing to me and gratitude inspiring that we have a prophet of God on earth today and that we have so many opportunities to hear from him. And, and he speaks um, with such love and compassion and such strength and determination. And he, there is no question in my mind that he is here to provide the words of our savior who leads this church. So president or elder cook, um, he quotes a little from him, but he, uh, he says, I'm a personal witness that revelation has been received and continues to be received from heaven by our beloved prophet. And then he says, this is so fascinating. While we honor and sustain him as our prophet, we worship our heavenly father and our savior, Jesus Christ. We are ministered Mm. to by the Holy ghost. And I love that he kind of gives us in that one concise paragraph, a real picture of how this church is being led and guided and directed. Um, and and how we should view it. So there's there's the invitation. There's an invitation. Follow the current admonitions of our prophet because he speaks for the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it's striking. We use the phrase follow the prophet a lot. And to mm-hmm. so to hear that one extra word in there, follow the current, you know, teachings or admonitions right. or um mm-hmm. whatever whatever other words would be appropriate, but follow the current you know, admonitions of the prophet, I think is an interesting uh, way to phrase that, to really focus on the ongoing revelation that occurs and and how things change on a regular basis um, Mm -hmm. as directed by the Lord. So uh, anything else to add to the invitations, Burke? Uh, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I would just also add, as he says, um, he was prepared from the foundation of the world for this calling and speaking of the prophet, his personal preparation has been most remarkable. And I, you know, as we've talked a little bit in in previous episodes about some of the disagreement in the way, you know, the church has dealt with 
the pressures of the last couple of years. Um, some people are on board with what the prophet has asked us to do, and some people are not. And I think it's rather short-sighted to think that God could not prepare a person to be ready right now, to be the right person in the right place, to receive the kind of revelation, but also to have the life experience necessary to guide the church through this part of time. Um, right. And uh, so, yeah, I just, I add my witness that President Nelson is the prophet prepared and called for right now for us. Yeah. And it's interesting that, you know, just to, just to put a fine point on it here, um, you know, when they released the statement about vaccines and masks, they didn't quote, you know, journal articles, you know, he's a doctor. They didn't, yeah. they didn't quote journal articles. They weren't trying to convince you the same way the natural man would, right? It was, it was more of a spiritual issue. And, and if you disagreed with the statement, um, then you, then just as with everything else, you, you can, um, approach it from a spiritual place and try seek to receive it by the spirit. Um, just as maybe on the contrary side, somebody who's still struggling with LGBTQ issues and the church's stance on that, which, um, you know, hasn't has changed as much as it could administratively, but really the, the doctrinal sort of part of it hasn't budged, um, you know, and so those are sort of two opposing sides maybe where in each case you would say, well, you know, the natural man in me says X, but the spiritual part of me says I'm going to, you know, Y, which is I'm going to follow the prophet, even if right now it's not clear to me and I need time for things to make sense in my heart. So, well, you know, if the prophet only uh, told you things you already agreed with, you wouldn't need him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, have, Burke, I have made that point so many times with people. Like, if if God did not challenge your beliefs, what would what would be the point? Yeah, because that would mean you're already equal with him. Yeah, you're already there. <laughs> like, of course, of course, the gospel challenges us. Yeah, uh, it will continue to challenge us for forever. So, mm-hmm. um, awesome. Well, thank you both. Uh, great talk and a a similar theme to Elder Renlund's, but from a much different approach. And uh, good to hear both in terms of peace and peace in Christ and how it can be part of our lives each day. So. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can reach out to us on social media at Words of the Prophets Podcast or an, an email at Words of the Prophets Podcast at gmail.com. The next talk we are going to discuss, it is tremendous. It is called The Temple and Your Spiritual Foundation by President Russell M. Nelson. And uh, very much looking forward to talking about that one. So uh, thanks for joining us today, everyone. And until next time, keep the faith. Hola a todos, this is Hermana Ebert, and here are my thoughts on the talk, uh, Personal Peace in Challenging Times. This was a pretty good one. I honestly had no memory, remembrance, (laughs) recollection of this talk, um, but it's a good one. First thing I'm going to say is Liberty Jail! A couple of conferences ago, or last conference, I don't even remember, it was all over the place. Um, and now it's back again. And one thing I really like that he said about Liberty Jail was 
This intense persecution of Joseph Smith and his followers constitutes an extreme example of the unrighteous exercise of agency that can impact righteous people. Joseph's time in Liberty Jail demonstrates that adversity is not evidence of the Lord's disfavor, nor a withdrawal of his blessings. And this is a, a pretty important thing to understand for this earthly life. Um, I've been studying agency a lot and the plan of salvation. Second Nephi 2, fire, read it. Um, and it mentions this, that like, we're all gonna face opposition, we're all gonna face adversity. And I like that he says that it's not evidence that the Lord is angry with you or upset with you. I think a lot of people assume that suffering is because of a wrathful God or something like that, or because you messed up. But we're here to experience that. We're here to experience the good and the bad. Uh, Eve would have not eaten the fruit if she didn't want to know the difference between good and evil and she didn't want to experience these things. And I, I know that part of the reason why we're here is to experience that adversity. And I know that God knew that that was gonna happen. Um, and we knew that that was gonna happen. We agreed to it, um, knowing full well what we would experience, even as righteous people experiencing unrighteous judgment or unrighteous um, uses of agency. And so uh, I really like that he said that. Another thing that he mentions is that scripture in DNC 121, I think, um, where the Heavenly Father responds to Joseph Smith and says, My son, peace be unto thy soul. Thine adversity and thine affliction shall be but a small moment. And then if thou endure it well, God shall exalt, exalt thee on high. It is clear that opposition can refine us for an eternal celestial destiny. Uh, this kind of goes along with um, what I was just talking about, but <clears throat> my my personal testimony that that I am here to progress and that that has to happen through hard things has grown a lot. And this, you know, opposition, he says it can refine us for our eternal destiny. and. How else are we going to become new people, right? How else are we going to become the eternal uh, divine people we are with that potential unless we grow? And we can't grow without something pulling us. There's a scripture in 2 Nephi 2 that says, oh, I don't, I don't know exactly what it says, but um, that we have to be enticed um, by one or the other in order to actually use our agency. So if there's nothing tempting us, the, tempting us if there's nothing wrong, we would never be able to actually exercise our agency, which is a gift from God. Um, and so I thought that was a really good kind of um, perspective on adversity. Another thing I liked was, well, this was crazy to me, actually. He says, universal peace does not exist today. I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's a bold statement. And it's kind of but, and it seems like a very despairing, like, oh, there will never be world peace. But it seems very hopeful because he says universal peace maybe doesn't exist, but personal peace absolutely does. It is so attainable, regardless of the adversity and strife and affliction that you suffer. And even, and because of that, you can still have personal peace because Christ is our savior and because of everything he did. Um, and so he gives some kind of ways to find that personal peace, which I won't go into, but 
Um, I this I thought this was a really good talk, and <clears throat> I guess remember that hard things doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means you're becoming a better one. <laughs> and so until next time, guarde la fe. If we teach by the Spirit, and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.